0: Welcome to Rael Talk, where I explore ideas about movement, mindfulness, and meaningful connection to inspire and elevate your human experience. I am your host, Britta Rael, and my guest in this episode is Matt Giordano, who I have deemed the international man of yoga. Matt is a gifted yoga teacher, um, a successful entrepreneur, and he shares really useful information in this episode about his experience becoming a teacher and building his personal brand and his business. There's just so much valuable insight here for anyone, really, about leadership and living and practicing authentically. But for yoga's teachers especially, I encourage you to take his advice to heart as we're all adapting to this online environment and facing our insecurities and our challenges in teaching and showing up in new ways so check it out and if you haven't yet please subscribe to the show and share it if you feel called to with your friends and your family members Um, i'm doing my best to continue to share content that i feel is helpful and interesting and your support truly helps me to continue to be able to do that all right enjoy this episode with matt giordano So, welcome to the show. Welcome to Rael Talk.
1: Yeah, happy to be here.
0: Yeah. Matt Giordano is here on the show today, and he is a dear, dear brother friend of mine, and it has been much too long since we've had a chance to reconnect and catch up. Um, He really is the international man of yoga. He is a a well-renowned and traveled yoga teacher, um, as well as the founder of your own chromatic yoga school, I'm gonna call it a school. And among other things, I just see you as, I guess like the epitome of success of a yoga professional in this day and age. And I I say that to celebrate you. I wanna celebrate your efforts and acknowledge so much that I see you really like sharing your passion and sharing from your heart. And um, you teach workshops and immersions and trainings, all over the world, in addition to your online content, your, your teacher trainings, your work, your um, immersions and all sorts of really cool courses. um, I feel like you are just, you have established yourself over the years as such a trusted expert in your field. And I know that doesn't come from just repetition, although it does come from repetition. It comes from really your experience and your ability to share that authentically um, so my first unofficial question is does that reflect at all with how you see yourself
1: <laughs> I well let me first say I appreciate that reflection I love that um, if I were to rewind eight years ago and like tell you what my vision of success for a yoga teacher was then I would say absolutely that person right now is living successful yoga teacher, uh, professional life. And that's what it, that's what my vision was. I want to say it was like 2011 that I was watching another teacher teach at Wanderlust Festival. And there was this just, you know, like big crowd of people in front of the teacher and they're, you know, doing their whole thing. And it was, it was, it was just fun to watch, you know, my friend turns to me and she was like, you know, that's you, you know, in in a few years. And I was like, Oh, no way. At the time I was just teaching, I was teaching at Wanderlust, which was a great stepping stone for me, but I I didn't know how uh, fortunate I was at that time. Of course, nobody does really. (laughs) Um, But I had been really doing the New York city grind and working working how many classes a week I have no idea how many privates you know basically waking up at 4 a.m and working till 11 and uh, getting home at 12 and then you know getting the three and a half hours of sleep to do it all over again so to me the success was that traveling teacher who uh was moving around the world sharing their passion sharing passionately and uh Having a, a school of yoga and um, teaching at festivals and conferences and doing the workshop thing and you know doing yes every single thing that I'm doing right now and uh, I didn't think it was attainable definitely didn't think it was attainable within the amount of time that it mm. was, that it had been um, so do I see myself as successful yes i I do um, and I'm super grateful for everything that I have achieved in my professional career and then i am grateful for the opportunity that i've had to actually share the practice of yoga the way that i i um, love to and also um grateful that i've found you know people that want to go deeper and that's really what's most important to me and of course as everybody probably knows um, as you reach what you felt like was your potential, the potential expands beyond that. And you are always feeling like you're never quite there yet. Right. (laughs) Uh, And I I think that's a a good thing because that's what life is all about is the constant Mm -hmm. expansion and growth. And, you know, and while in this human form, that's, that's what we have is just the, the growth and expansion. And so, um, for me, you know, my vision of success now is much different. And um, while I am so um, delighted that I've gotten to travel around the world, I'm also excited now in this time of transition. Um, You know, I don't know when people, whenever the listeners here are listening might be a while from now so who knows but if you're listening far off into the future we're currently in the COVID-19 era and um, I've transferred my business to being online which has been a goal of mine and uh, what I felt like is my potential for the last couple of years and that's primarily because I really uh, as traveling around the world seems so glorious from the outside no one thinks about like all the airplanes and all the airplane food and all the you know like the the waking up early like uh, missing a night of sleep because you're you know traveling and um the there's so many nights where you're literally alone um for for weeks sometimes uh in a city that you've never been to and restaurants you've never you know been to and you don't have a kitchen to cook for yourself and you know it's just Um, no one sees the other side of it. And of course I didn't either at that time when I was like, Oh my God, success. You know, you don't see the, but that's not to take away from it. To me, it's still, it's a, it's the stepping stone that I needed to take to go where I'm going next. And, uh, it is still a pillar of success for me that I'm grateful that I've been stepping upon. And in the last few years, I've wanted to make a shift and COVID-19 kind of like kicked me in the butt to to really move to the next step, which is to um, amplify my online presence uh, as a yoga teacher and share in that way as well. I don't want to change the touring life. Uh, I don't want to stop touring and don't want to stop uh, traveling and all that. I just want to minimize it. So my energy can be more on the farm sometimes and be at home with my animals and uh, my wife and uh, nature.
0: You've described so much about like, the mirror side to success which is people maybe don't take it as serious or they take it for granted how much hustle and effort and shadowy grind there is necessary to create this life that looks and feels very you know wonderful and beautiful and successful on the outside do you prefer being at home or do you, do you see in your future, you know, kind of retailering this idea of what your next stages look like?
1: Yeah. So I know myself, and I'm sure you know me, um, that I'm an all or nothing kind of person. And while that's wonderful, I know that that's what burns me out. So I, if I just like went from being completely in-person you know travel teacher to now I'm all online that would be my pattern like that's my pattern my behavioral pattern that I would do uh, throughout my entire life but I also know from experiencing that pattern over and over again that um it doesn't serve me and that I I need to have both like the human connection there is nothing like teaching in person you know showing up at the the festivals and seeing all the other yoga teachers doing their thing and you know getting to just chit chat and and talk with people you know globally like it 's one thing to sit in my town, which is really nice you know but to to <laughs> to really experience cultures outside is what's and I have so many friends now around the world I would miss if i didn 't continue touring i really would. It would be tough. Then I would have to start like traveling just to you know hang out with my friends, which would be uh, very uh, expensive. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, I do need to continue. I know for my own sanity, I need to continue also teaching what what this year was supposed to be my uh, signature offer, which is called Elements of Mastery, and this is an online. Uh, not sorry, it's an online immersion, but it's also in-person immersion, and the in-person immersion. Uh, has proven to be what I truly love to share when I travel around the world. It's a three-day immersion and it goes through each of the elements. You know, for a while I was doing the workshop thing. All right, five workshops in one weekend. You know, people come in and out. Did you do this workshop? Did you do that workshop? And I was realizing that was feeling like I was dating. You know, like it was like you get like a moment with somebody and then you're like, oh, then you get no And then you're like, it's just so um, up and down and you never get to go deep you know, you never really get to know the people that are attending. So with the immersion process of having three days to really uh, tap in with people and see their practice transform and see how they take in the information, integrate it, and then share it back. You know, that for me was, has been really exciting. So I created that like, I think it was three or four, four years ago now, and it's progressively taken over for workshops. And this year, Was supposed to be the year and is still, you know, many scheduled ahead that I would pretty much only be teaching those and the conferences and trainings.
0: I think you've really already tapped into something that's so important too, is as yoga teachers, and we'll keep kind of the conversation from that perspective that we are, we are teachers and probably a lot of people listening here are teachers or are connected to teachers. Yeah, we don't want to miss out on the in-person. That's where we thrive. That's where I thrive, certainly. The ability to see people eye to eye and to touch them and to be in the same space energetically. Um, And I think this era, the COVID era um, of forcing everyone inside, both physically and metaphysically, like forcing people into their interior spaces where they have to do a lot more inward looking, is kind of a really cool experiment um, for teachers and for students because it, it just creates a limiting factor. So we have to be more innovative. We have to be able to adapt um, probably very quickly. And for those people that don't adapt, you know, I, I know I've had a lot of conversations this week with other coaches and trainers and movement professionals who are struggling, you know, because they don't have an existing framework or business plan of how to continue offering their offerings that was never maybe as firm as what you have. So there's this, um, there's this angst right now. I feel like that's happening and it's, it's kind of forcing people to either adapt or to realize that maybe that's not a skill that they have evolved or established yet. So can you speak at all to what that process has been like for you? I mean, you've had your events canceled, like you mentioned Um, you've already had substantial online offerings, but has there been a shift in what it feels like, I guess, um, professionally speaking, are you stressed out? Are you like going with the flow? Um, what's it like?
1: Yes. It's interesting. And I, and I feel for everyone that is, um, you know, in this time right now, making the big shift from realizing that like, the world is online you know and uh whether or not you were teaching in person primarily or not like going forward we know that this this has made a big change and an impact that will i don't think will ever you know be the same the amount of live uh instagrams that i have watched in the you know like and how entertaining that has been i i honestly never cared to jump in a live instagram but like people like Martin Sexton and Nako and, and Trevor Hall and like you know, all these different musicians and a bunch of yoga teachers, like my teacher Marco um, who was doing a satsang and, I, and uh, I tapped into a meditation this morning with my teacher Rudrani, who I haven't been able to meditate with in I don't know, like seven years since I moved from Manhattan. Um, I think the, the, the internet before now, and I'll get into your question in a second, but the, the internet before now was a way to kind of escape and um, to numb. And I think to avoid reality and now people are starting to transition. I think it's a positive thing. And those that are, um, you know, uh, emotionally and mentally available to it are transitioning as a, actual connected tool a way to connect to each other which is magnificent I think it's it's made a a big impact and I think in a positive way not to take away all the negatives that have come with this experience but of course um, yeah so what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to change you know I think that it's only going to shift I how many yoga studios and fitness studios are now online that's not going to stop, you know? I mean, certainly some of them will just like throw it away, but once you're, once you've got a, like an online membership going on, you know, people, people are going to expect that it's going to continue.
0: It makes sense. It's an yeah. additional revenue stream. It's an additional branch and funnel to connect to people. It's a, a way to create broader access for people who can't always make it into an in-person event. Um, yeah. yeah, I definitely think it's it's been maybe an unannounced or an unanticipated shift, but it's been forced upon us. And so if you're pushed down a, a water slide, it's much easier to go through the water slide and get to the pool than to try to climb back up the water slide.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so to get back to your question um, regarding what I've done with the time, I have... Literally gone with the flow in probably the best way. When we heard there's no toilet paper, it kind of clicked that like this might be a big deal, not because of the toilet paper, but because people are panicking um, and because maybe the government knows more than we do at the time. You know, it's just kind of like maybe it kind of comes to the US. We don't know, you know. So we immediately went to the supermarket the next day when we could well actually first we went on Amazon and ordered everything we possibly could, (laughs) you know, like spent like $500 on Amazon, went to the supermarket the next day, spent like $800. It was ridiculous. Uh, still making our way through that food. Uh, (laughs) but on the way home, something, you know, that divine moment when, uh, when information just drops down into your head and you, you listen to it. I had one of those moments. I know everyone knows that moment, like where, where you're just, you know, you're just driving along and you're thinking about something and then like life smacks you over the head. It's like, Hey, I just had this idea that I'm going to offer a live class on Saturday. In my head, I did not notice that today, that day was Friday. (laughs) So you know, I was like, "Great, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do this on Saturday." Blah blah. I start talking it out loud with Rebecca, and she's like, "You know, Saturday is tomorrow." I'm like, uh, "Oh, <laughs> okay, I gotta get on this." So, like, we get home, I like. I just went straight online and started figuring out like, how do I YouTube live, you know, like just, you know, and then like putting up a page and, and working with, I had existing, as you asked, I had existing um, website that was a membership based website. So fortunately for me, over the previous six years, I had done all the heavy lifting of learning about how to run an e-commerce site and have online everything. I never really, I only did one time a live stream for a class of mine. So I did have a little experience, but I needed to like refresh myself. And I, Britta, I tell you, I like, when I put this thing up, I go to Rebecca, I'm like, yeah, I hope I have like, you know, maybe 10 people, that would be great. Maybe we can get 10 people to sign up for this thing. I was like, you know, maybe I'll make 80 bucks or whatever. That's fine, I don't care. Um, Going to bed that night, I had, I think, uh, like six, seven, so I was I was happy with that and I was like tomorrow I want to wake up and I get like 20 you know like and then a moment of intervention happened in my head and it was like 20 what this is so, you know why shoot so small so I was like let's mm. 40 I, we're going to get 40 people to sign up in the morning and mind you I just put this thing up you know so and I'm Hours I'm text yeah I'm text messaging people like I'm 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 putting it out there in every grassroots way I emailed friends I I like everyone I could think of that would want to do yoga with me, I was just like you know copy and pasting the link, of course, using social media and my newsletter and just throwing it out but but I was doing grassroots text messaging that's how that's how much I was like trying to get this out there because I was like i I think I need to do this, I don't know why, but I'm gonna do this mm-hmm. and um, I woke up the next day to thirty nine and I was like thirty nine people signed up, and as soon as I said that, forty I was like, forty, all right, we got forty people so at that point then I was like, wow, this is great. You know, like I get on, I get on my Instagram and I do a, a live feed saying I'm going to do it. And um, I'm st- super excited we got 40 people signed up and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and in the next few hours, it was like uh, watching one of those old, uh, do you remember those like telemarketing shows about beanie babies and stuff where like they'd have like <laughs> the live sales coming up, you know? So my phone was just like, it's like the, the, the stock sales? market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly signups were just like flowing and I was like oh my god so by the time we did the live I think we had 150 people signed up and I was blown away and by the end of that day I think it was at 185 or something like that blown away at what was possible from one you know 24 hour not even 24 hours 20 hour turnaround time and realizing wait a second I just made like what I would make in two workshops, a full day, you know, what I, <laughs> financially, like, wait, there I could not, and I didn't even charge, you know, I charged like five bucks to 10 bucks. I just got it out to as many people as possible. And in that moment uh, that, you know, of course I had that scarcity mindset, like four people, this is great. You know, like, let's get to 10. Um, I had that to start you know, which everyone does. I think when they start something new, like that scarcity yeah. mindset of like, I'm not. No one's going to show up for this. I, you know, who cares? It's tomorrow or every. It's COVID nineteen. Everybody's, you know, freaking out. They're not going to want to do yoga and blah blah. blah. Anyway, it was kind of life's uh, showing me that what I have been fearing over the last two three years in transitioning to having an online business as as like a really uh, viable resource for me to be a professional in the yoga world it just basically in one day was like hey this is possible if you put the effort and you and you do it like if you make it happen it will work you know but you've got to do it so that was my validation to transition not not uh that i had a choice i didn't have i mean i had no work for the next however many months whatever we don't know yet at this point in time but Um, I realized I got to transition all my energy to focusing online right now. Forget about like thinking about, you know, is my retreat canceled is, you know, let's take that as it comes and just use this time now as wisely as possible. And that's what I've been doing since that moment, honestly, Um, nonstop. And it's been a whirlwind. I'm not, it's not all pretty. Let me tell you, I've had my site crash. God knows how many times I've hired people to fix it. I don't know how many times I've, been up till 4 30 in the morning trying to fix problems and and customer service i hired an assistant now just to like do customer service and everything it's like you know it's been a whirlwind and it's not been easy but i know that i've really made use of this time and uh i've used it to my fullest and i'm and i'm i feel that in my heart like oh you've you've done you've done the right work you've you've walked in the right direction for now you know this is the this is what the past few years of you know thinking about pinning yourself as an online person as well as in person like and all the insecurities and the fears and the I couldn't you know you can't actually make enough money that way and you can't you know all that stuff that interrupts the process of creativity and productivity life helped me out in in this experience of showing you like hey you should just just get this done so I've been listening and doing
0: and you hit so many things like I'm just frantically taking notes because you're basically answering all of the questions I wanted to ask you in your own way, which is great. I think you have shown up that idea that you had driving in the car. Wow, I want to offer a live, you know, however that came through, you know, I I like to think of ideas as like things that we can cling on to. And if we don't, then someone else will cling on to them like they're just Mm -hmm. kind of currency. And you showed up for that idea, and it's that energy that you brought to the table that I think, like you said, allowed everything to transpire and you focused in on it. And regardless of if someone else is in this position or not, I think there are other people who are feeling that scarcity mindset right now, You know, myself included. Holy cow, I don't have 50,000 online viewers, so like, what am I gonna do to make a YouTube video and actually benefit from it? I think it's important to keep this aspect of this conversation in context of relativity for every every instructor or every practitioner, even to operate within their means and to choose to invest themselves in one direction for now. You know, and like you said, take advantage of this time, and that doesn't have to be blown out of proportion. Not every single teacher needs to be staying up till four thirty in the morning, just filming videos and working hard and hiring assistants and and frantically scavenging to be productive. There needs to be a balance of like what's appropriate for that person.
1: Yeah, no. The question really, I uh, so you know that's my story. It's not uh, what I would suggest other people are, are doing in uh, specificity, but rather taking the, if I'm going to suggest something is to take this time, which is what we have, because right now is an interesting time, quote unquote, that how many of us, I, I am so guilty of this, but ha, and I, and I'm, I also do mentoring and coaching and such. So I, I know this is like such a thing. I don't have time for that. I don't have enough time for that. This is the number one excuse. It's either I don't have time or money. Right. But, Um, time is such a huge excuse for people when they don't want to make that big leap into something that into the unknown. I don't have enough time for that. It really translates in our head as reality. Like this is the reality. I don't have time for that. Now, suddenly in this time, we actually have all the time in the world. And so we have to confront and say, well, why am I not doing it now? You know, if, and and whatever that might be, and that might be meditating, it might be doing yoga, it might be uh, establishing your business, it might be writing, learning the guitar, whatever it might be, you know, like, if time was previously what you uh, claimed was your issue, it's like, well, now you realize and are confronted with the reality that time wasn't the issue, it was some limiting belief, and you use time as the, uh, as the excuse. And I've done that so many times. Every time I wanted to shift something, uh, it's outside forces. It's, it's, uh, you know, like time is an issue. I don't, I just don't have time for that. It's a, I don't have enough money for that. I don't knowledge. So like, I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough this people don't love me, you know, like whatever. I don't, I'm not pretty like they are. I can't do yoga poses like that person does. I don't have any, you know, what gets in the way of actually just doing the work, um, I think for me uh, is ultimately my self-reflection process, and productivity is the result of understanding. I think the inner workings of and patterns of my mind personally, rather than focusing on productivity when you discover inside the excuses that you're making because of your limiting self-beliefs and self-doubts, then productivity, as soon as you decide that you're going to do it anyway, then productivity is like the natural uh, result of that. And I want to touch on that um, comment about like Instagram followers and blah, blah, blah. So when I started Instagram, um, I looked at uh two two people um one was this guy patrick beach and the other guy was dylan warner dylan warner had uh 300 followers at the time but he had beautiful photos and i was like wow this guy's really patrick beach on the other hand had like 300,000 followers and so i even dylan warner who knows if he was going to be you know famous he is now he's like this you know massive person on on uh, instagram and and also a traveling yoga teacher. But at the time I just like, was like, this guy knows what he's doing photography wise. Like he just took in creativity and his awesome. I was just like watching, you know? Um, and then Patrick beach, I was like, what is he doing that? And, and I didn't know what Instagram was, by the way, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, someone said, I, w- I showed up to a Patrick beach, came to my workshop. Um, and I asked him uh, afterwards, I was like, hey, uh, are you new to the studio? I haven't seen you around. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm just teaching this weekend and um, teaching here. And I was like, oh cool, maybe, uh, what's your name? I'll give you a shout out and maybe I can get some people to come. He's like, oh, it's sold out. And I was like, what do you mean it's sold out? Who are you? At the time- This Lexington, is your Shiba home Ray. studio? Yeah, this was, this was back in, when I was in New York, when I was teaching in Manhattan at Pure Yoga. If you showed up, you were, and you were sold out of workshop, your name was either Shiva Ray or Sean Korn. Or uh, Rodney, you know, like something, something that everybody knew, and if not, then you know you had six people in your workshop. You know, like it just it wasn't a, a thing yet. So I looked at them and I started like kind of modeling my Instagram off of them, and sure enough, like I started gaining followers and blah 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 blah. Um, but I hated that process because I had I mean meant every day I got to do the work of taking a photo, writing a post. Taking a video, writing a post, you know, it's like over and over again. Like, but it's not like I jumped on Instagram and then suddenly there was hundred and seventeen thousand followers. You know, it it was like a daily dedication to like doing the work. Eventually, I found my own niche, and that was to offer just the most simple thing, which is videos from my workshops. (laughs) It's like it's like oh good, I don't have to take another stupid ass in the photo, and I don't have to. And what was amazing about that is as soon as I found my own authentic expression. On Instagram, instead of copying other people, um, what happened was overnight, I got seventeen thousand followers on this one video, and then that that triggered me to think like, oh, maybe people don't care to look at me in like a fancy pose, but they actually want to hear me teach, you know, and like take in the information. So um, you have to start somewhere, and it took six or seven years of establishing on Instagram till I found my own authentic voice as a teacher on Instagram. Yeah, that's what I was going to
0: ask, like how long, you know, there's, there's so much to be said for just dedicating to the process, whether that's developing a social media following, building out a website, building out a bunch of YouTube videos, or becoming a better teacher, right? That doesn't happen just because you go to a workshop or you take a teacher training. It happens because you bring yourself to plan classes and you teach classes and you interact and you learn and you grow. Like all of that happens over time. If
1: you, if you don't have the foundation yet of um, self-study to consistently and constantly becoming a better teacher, then, There's no amount of social media followers or anything that is going to support you. You know, like that has to be the foundation in my opinion, because people really feel authenticity in what you're sharing and they feel the quality. The reality is you have to be the best you can be constantly. It doesn't mean you're going to be the best you're going to be in 10 years from now. You're going to be better then than you are now, of course, always growing, but you have to establish the, mindset that as a teacher you you every day want to figure out how you can get better and a lot of people don't do that because of the the limiting beliefs are so strong that it shakes our foundation Mm -hmm. and so we don't want to hear anything else like that that says we're not good enough and unfortunately that leads to staying not good enough and it's a big cycle. Instead, what we have to do is recognize we have limiting beliefs and there's an internal dialogue and instead highlight the part of ourselves that is determined and passionate to be to live at our highest potential. Every day when I wake up to make it a point that when I'm when I'm entering in that teaching space that I'm gonna offer the best I can, and as soon as I recognize that I've got something that I need to work on, instead of making an excuse or putting a um, a blanket over and says like you know blah blah, and, and let me tune that out for a while and ignore it, instead, right now look it up on YouTube, find the teacher that's got that to offer, find, and if you if we're not in COVID nineteen era when you're listening to this, go out and actually you know um, find the teacher. Travel across the world for them if they're not in front of your face. Learn from them. Of course, you know, like whatever it might be, ask them every question in the world. Annoy them. Piss them off. Get, you know, get like, get everything you can out of them. Then go to the next teacher and then go to the next teacher and then continue to teach and then, you know, do your thing over and over. It's like the same process that we talked about. Is like dedicating yourself to whatever it is you're doing, regardless of any sort of limiting belief that says you know like I don't have time I don't have money um, I'm not good enough for that they're not good enough for that there's too much traffic outside whatever it might be that you know (laughs) is just to go forth
0: yeah I think that's really that's really powerful medicine just that's tapas right in a in a in a way like going against the stream of the flow even if there's that constant message that is self-limiting you have to like brace your head against it right
1: Top us, my friend, is my is my favorite teaching. Thanks for bringing it up.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. That's a great. That's a great segue to what I want to talk about next. I think um, you know I, your teaching style from from my limited experience of your teaching style in person, um, but from what I see of you and what I know of your practice is very technical and anatomical and sensation based and and contextual. And outside of that, like outside of the maybe more physical teaching of the practice of asana. How do you incorporate the philosophy, the yogic wisdom, all of the like universe wisdom into a workshop or a class setting? And, and again, I'll preface this as like less about the actual content. Like we can talk about tapas and how you weave that in, but I'm interested more in like the programming aspect of this. Like, do you approach applying these wisdoms these philosophies these threads in the same way that you would approach you know building a very mindful and scientific asana sequence
1: uh yes absolutely and in fact um you know in chromatic yoga there are i've created two structures one for that um what we call a physical through line. And that is exactly what you said, the technique that goes, that is woven throughout the whole class so that you know by the end, you're like, I know how to activate my adductor muscles, you know? Right. This, the same exact technique to implement a, a physical through line, we implement something called a thematic through line. And thematic through line and physical through line are exactly the same just the topic is different so we're speaking to different you know different things the physical through line is speaking to um anamaya kosha the physical body whereas like the thematic through line we're talking more about manomaya kosha the the mental and the the mind the uh, thoughts and emotions so um quite literally speaking yeah i implement a through line into workshops and into classes or whatever i'm sharing both physical and thematic my goal these days with my teaching is to if if you walk out of my class and i say hey what was the physical through line you know assuming you knew what i meant by physical through line you just say like yeah adductor muscles and if i said what's the thematic through line you're like oh yeah do yeah oh, yeah got it you know like totally you know and if if that's not clear to me then uh, I need to refine my teaching so that that comes out better, you know, so that um, I deliver the message clearer. Um, so that that's the technical side of implementing it. And I'm not, I don't think that's exactly what you're asking, but.
0: That um, you have um, a pre thought out sequence of how you impart that information and give people a chance to experience that that teaching or that wisdom or that insight for themselves that doesn't feel randomized like oh just yeah we just happened to throw the idea of tapas into this practice because i didn't have anything else to talk about right? You're, right you're you're bringing a systematic approach to both of those elements the physical wow. The That's funny
1: matters. you say that, because right here in the chromatic manual, the first thing it says, chromatic yoga is a systematic approach to teaching and <laughs> provides a highly
0: intentional verse
1: dream. So uh, great. I'm glad. It's almost like you read the manual or something.
0: <laughs> I, I definitely didn't. Although, man, that would be great if I could just, you know, peek into that. Tell me more about chromatic yoga. I'd love to know. This is the school that you founded, um, a teacher training that comprises many different aspects of the practice so tell me a little bit about it
1: yeah i mean it's it's uh, in its constant evolution phase right now it's uh we are running on our we're about to run our fourth training in june uh if all goes well uh fourth level one there's a level one level two level three uh, but this is the fourth year and we do it annually here at our little farm um but chromatic yoga you know, as it stands, as it's established now, we are transitioning, but uh, it is a school of yoga. And the, the whole philosophy is to ignite and unveil each teacher's highest potential, myself included. So um, my goal is to ignite my highest potential as a teacher to share from a place that is authentic. Um, so we have this uh, acronym, it's called HEART. Um, and that stands for humility, empowerment, authenticity resourcefulness and tactical so these are the qualities of a chromatic yoga teacher authentic standing in the front like so if you picture the word heart with the a in the middle is a big capital a authenticity is key to um to what it is means to be a chromatic yoga teacher so you know it's ironic and i want to just mention this since i'm talking to you i created this vision um I created the school first and did two trainings and then had to re like think because I really wanted to make it better and, and make it more powerful for the teachers that were going through it. And so I had to really re uh, question myself, what am I trying to do with this? Mm-hmm. And so I came up with this vi- this vision last year. Um, it's to ignite and unveil each person's highest potential and empower them to live boundlessly. Now, what was interesting about this is after my first level one training that I shared that, and we went through it like day by day to, to ignite our highest potential to live boundlessly over and over and over again. A week after the first training, I see my first uh, Sadhguru video, which I'm sharing right now because I know you've studied with him. And, and he kept talking about achieving our highest potential. And I was like, "Wait, this guy is like Speaking what I just said, you know, this guy's reading <laughs> out of my
0: manual. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was, you know, for me, it was like it was very validating, like I'm on the right track. And it was like kind of, you know, either YouTube was listening to my, you know, through my phone, me saying highest potential over and over again, and then fed me him. That could be what happened, you know, <laughs> who knows. But either way,
0: however you access guru and his teachings, either way, you're, either you're way. good.
1: Yeah, so anyway, and then like you reached out, uh, shortly after that because I had posted something by him. And uh, so anyway, I just wanted to bring that up now that we're talking about chromatic yoga. But anyway, uh, chromatic yoga is a systema- systematic approach to teaching yoga, and I provide just that systems for each aspect of teaching yoga. I do not say chromatic yoga teachers is a little, little bit different than some styles of yoga where a lot of styles of yoga, they have a template for how you go about the class. And it's like, you do this, then you do this, and you do this. I give the structures for that, but I don't, uh, because I want authenticity to stand at the highest, you don't have to theme a class the whole way through, or you don't have to do a physical through line. You could do one, you could do the other. One has to be present in order to call it chromatic yoga. And the reason for that is because a through line is how we as humans take in information and process it and a through line just means repetition a process we call layering you introduce a concept very simply and then you introduce it again and then you say it again but you embellish a little bit upon it and then you do it again the next layer and then you do it again and you embellish a little bit upon that and then you do it again you keep hitting it throughout the whole class because that's how we learn we're like Humans are, and everything in nature is just patterns. So, if you uh, if you want to learn something, it has to become a pattern. And so, as a teacher trying to impart uh, a experience of learning, I in chromatic yoga, we want to make sure that you are layering something. So, you have either have a physical through line or a thematic through line. Or something for more advanced teachers, something called an integrative through line, which I'm not going to get into right now. But essentially, you know, you've got the two sides of the brain, the technical and the the emotional. And we want to at least touch upon one of them throughout a class and make sure that we're doing it authentically from our own passion, meaning from our own practice.
0: Yeah, I love that you are teaching teachers to do that and that you're you're creating just like you've described it's a system it's a methodology it's not just a brand it's not just saying i'm a chromatic yoga teacher and so i swear by x y and z that you'll get x y and z out of my class right and i get to wear my t-shirt and build this business about it it's it's so much less that than it is the the actual approach the methodology the system that i think translates across different communities, different types of teachers, different settings, and it imparts that, or it transmits that experience that you want your students to have, or you want all students who take chromatic yoga classes or from teachers to have that through line. And I love that. I love that approach. I think it's brilliant.
1: Well, thank you. Appreciate that. I mean, I can't take credit for, obviously, this is Um, I'm just dissecting and creating structures for what has already been in place. And, you know, and what I learned from my teacher is just trying to now make it easier for the next generation to take it on as well in different ways. And one of the things that, you know, Chromatic really values is community and um, and the strength of support from one another. And I will say uh, as a leader, I'm, I'm learning a lot because I'm not, leadership is not something that i'm comfortable in i'm I'm cool teaching give you information and and give it to you and but leading is a whole other thing and um uh it's something that is super vulnerable and requires like every ounce of courage i could possibly muster up in order to do so um i had the idea for chromatic yoga for years before i actually started it because i just didn't You know, I've seen all of my leaders fall from, you know, various reasons. And I I just, you know, in the history of time, you've seen leaders fall. And so the fear of like, you know, working so hard for something only to either screw it up myself or other people to screw it up for you, you know, one or the other um, is like, has always been in the back of my head is like, oh my God, this is just not worth it. You know, I see all my, I've seen myself scrutinize my leaders, you know, like just uh, I've seen myself. Uh, tear down my own teachers that I love so much constantly you know and so to sit in that role is one of the most scary things for me but um, I know that that's what makes it the right step for me and so I I, when I stepped in a few years back I've been trying to figure out what it means to be a leader and I'm super um, in this time right now something really hit me that made sense and that was, I've got this whole group of yoga teachers, You know, we have about 50 chromatic yoga teachers that are all like displaced, like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't, I'm not making money. And so I knew that this was the time for me to step in and be a pillar of support. And so what we've been doing, which has been really exciting um, is bringing in experts in the field of online, whatever, online businesses. And providing them, uh, providing the the chromatics teachers with an hour-long talk on how to establish their their online business, how to shift from being in person to to online. And that for me has been so uh enriching and fulfilling to just bring in other people that have such great knowledge in, you know, in the field and have experience in it Mm -hmm. and to share it with them. Um I'm not really sure why I'm on this topic, but when you were talking something triggered that thought to me so I wanted to bring it up but um it's been really uh the next step I think is unveiling itself for me to see as a leader how I can empower my community um in in new ways like how do I get them to um like before now this is a good conversation I was struggling with how do I get a community of people, you know, all these people love chromatic yoga. They love practicing with me. They love each other, but life always takes over and community always takes a backseat. And so I was trying to figure out, and that's partially why I really reinvented chromatic yoga last year and and it definitely strengthened it. But I was trying to figure out how do I get people To interact and support one another on a daily basis or a weekly basis, where there's check-ins, without necessarily always having to be the one that's like holding everybody's hand and saying, "Let's get together, let's get together, let's get together, let's get together," you know?
0: Yeah. How to how to lead without being the um, boss?
1: Yes. Right. Right. Yeah, because that's that's tough, right? uh, To always be the one that's like, you know, I want people to realize that each and especially chromatic teachers, each of them have something so magical and powerful that when they don't need someone like me or anyone else for that matter to to give them the information. Mm. However, we like, um, every individual, let's put it this way, every individual has unique offerings to share. And so if we open up to that and we communicate, then it's amazing what we learn from one another. Like, you don't need an expert in the field, though it's certainly, of course, supportive that way. Um, So what I'm trying to communicate is, like, how to get in the community and share with one another. So anyway, bringing in these other people, which are experts in their fields, um, has been really interesting at how it sparked so much more communication amongst the group as, as a whole. And I've just been so grateful to see, like, oh, wow, now everybody's talking. Like, now they're all helping each other. Now they're... Helping, you know, so and so is helping someone. Some bring a, you know, how to use uh, Skype or how to use Zoom. Or this person's helping them with establishing their website or putting it up online. And this, and everyone's just really organically starting to make it happen now. So, I'm excited, and I don't know yet, but the future of like community and Chromatic Yoga, how that's going to look after COVID nineteen, going forward, because it's been really cool. Um, to, to spark a creativity force going on with this. Anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like you're by, by maybe even just a simple act of stepping out of that. I'm the sole distributor of information and guidance role and inviting, you know, other industry experts or other people to help support your people. You've automatically like encouraged this very diverse ecosystem. That's more, Mm -hmm sustainable because everybody else has their own kind of, um, resources or heartbeat or offering. And I think that's cool.
1: Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. So anyway, that's chromatic yoga in a nutshell. We are a systemized uh, approach to teaching yoga and we are branching it outward and, uh, and defining, you know, we're currently in definition mode of what chromatic yoga is to the public, you know, as a student, like how do, how do students of chromatic yoga fit into this, um, you know, achieving their highest potential. And fit part into of the that...
0: spectrum, so to speak.
1: Oh, hey, the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> the spectrum, good. Did you pick that out of my website or something? <laughs> no. Did I say that?
0: No, I just, chromatic yoga, like, how does it okay, fit cool. within the scale, the spectrum? Okay,
1: yeah, so the spectrum is our, like, our, our chromatic buzzword. We use it all the time because it's all about, uh, um, you know, like, whatever we're studying, it's like, rather than thinking of things as right or wrong, think of it as a spectrum, yeah. you know, for one one great teaching that I love, uh, raga and Devesha, you know, which is avoiding, um, Avoiding the things you don't like and attaching the th- to the things that you love. Essentially those, you know, it's what those two things are. Um, and every human does this. We all avoid the things that we don't like already. We just push it away further. And the things that we love, we want more of. And so one of the, the first times I taught chromatic yoga, I think it was, it was level one, the first round. I was like, I just told everybody, I was like, here, here's the deal. Like chromatic stands for the spectrum in music and art. It means that, like in music, it's the spectrum of sound. The chromatic scale includes all ugly notes, and we have something called a major scale, which is great. It sounds prettier when you play it: Do Re Mi Fa Sol Ti Do. You know, and you can make melodies easier from it. And I want to encourage that we use that scale, in, metaphorically speaking, when we teach yoga. But ultimately, we want to touch into all the aspects, including the ugly pieces. So. The spectrum of life is what we study. The spectrum of self-awareness, including the ugly parts. The spectrum of, you know, like you might say, and everyone does it in an, in an interesting way, that we push away the things that we don't like. But in chromatic yoga, despite how challenging this this concept is and how hard it is for me as a leader to live up to, as well, by the way, um, to embrace the totality of what is versus you know, picking and choosing my people. I like that person and I don't like that person. So I'm going to shove that one away and bring that one closer. And you know, like that happens, every human does it. And it's so hard to avoid doing that. But the, as a philosophy, chromatic yoga is the spectrum of awareness. That's what we're trying to spectrum of nature. So we studied the elements, um, the spectrum of ourselves. So we study the koshas, so on and so forth. Keeps going. But thanks for bringing up that really great word that's like right on page one of chromatic yoga.
0: Well, there's a through line, you know, to to truth and to wisdom, and I'm tapped into that spectrum as well. That's been a big part of my personal growth and reflections over the last couple of years. Um, And I think that puts in context, you know, this time, we're all being thrust into this really uncomfortable, undesired position, you know, being at home and being around this potentially deathly virus and all of the other implications that this causes it's part of the spectrum so we can choose to attach to the things that we really like and and only do those things or we can embrace what we're given this aspect this ugly aspect and still continue to glean I think a lot of beauty and gem and and connection from it so
1: Wow, what way now, to bring it full circle there, Britta? That was now great. Now
0: on the scale of things and I will toot my own horn for all these funny puns that are coming out, um, <laughs> you and I share our background and love for music. And I know that music has definitely shaped who you are and has been a huge part of your, your history and, and just even your your yoga or how you got into yoga, you know, was from like music and martial arts and all sorts of different um, art forms. Um, And I know that recently you shared about how sharing your music in your yoga classes has been one of those challenge moments. Like it's, it makes you uncomfortable. Um, And I think it's funny because you and I both seem to be more comfortable being public teachers orators not necessarily afraid of teaching to large groups of people or we have like a certain sense of charisma and i share that too i share that like anxiety or hesitation of singing in front of people especially like sharing the intimacy of just my voice or my songs or whatever and i want if if you can just like speak to why you personally feel like it's so much harder to do that aspect rather than, you know, to pour your heart and soul out into discussions of like these deeply spiritual things in your yes. yoga classes. Well,
1: let me first say that the deeply spiritual things are also incredibly vulnerable and challenging for me as well. And, it, and it's taken years to uh, find the courage to share that. Um, and I only recently really do- dove into it authentically I will say and I mm-hmm. and te- sharing the teachings um, I think it was two uh, three years two three years ago is when I created level two of chromatic yoga which was the theming aspect and bringing and and all it is is like going deeper into courage and, and sharing from a deeper place that forced me to step up as a leader to show as an example. And I was like, I can't like teach a training around this and just be like saying how to you know move this bone or that bone. I have to really go deeper. Yeah, so, um, but that being said, um, music is still yet uh, more vulnerable and more challenging. And it's not music itself. I'm happy to play guitar in front of anybody, but it's definitely sharing my voice and, uh, mm. in a singing fashion. And I don't know what it is for you because you have a magnificent voice. And I'm so grateful that I've gotten to, um, experience that on so many times. Uh, yeah. but for me, uh, <laughs> when I started music, um, I was tone deaf, like meaning where I couldn't, couldn't sing different pitches. Um, I could only, I could say the words and to me, it sounded like the notes were going up and down, you know, but, uh it really was not going up and down. So it was more or less like in this Um, and so the journey from going from tone deaf to, uh, you know, 20 years later now, um, singing in front of people, uh, you know, I think I got another 20 years to go, maybe 40 till I'm like feeling comfortable in that place. But um, no, I, you know, it's like, i don 't have there there are moments that I have where my voice is 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 beautiful and it works out and sounds good, but those moments are few and far between, and um, you know like the the amount of times i've heard to shut up or that I need to be quiet or my voice is you know mm-hmm. Uh, annoying or whatever, you know, all the um, outside judgments, and then my own self judgments. When I listen back and go, like, "Oh, that really isn't that great," you know, <laughs> sounds good in my head. <laughs> um, so it's fear, fear of, um, you know, being judged. It's fear of people of losing their, um, you know, their respect. You know, like, okay, I can get up and I can share with you about the body, and I feel really confident about that. So that's great. Now I've got your respect. And then like, suddenly I sing and you're like, well, this guy's voice is not so good. Then what, then what happens there? You know, I know in intellectually speaking, what actually happens is like nothing really, but uh, emotionally speaking with my massive amount of samskaras around the conversation of singing out loud. um, Yeah. It's, it's been a tough journey uh, for, the vocals so sharing music like that is is tough for me i'm finding it easier and easier when it comes to sharing um uh like bhakti and and uh chanting because everyone's doing it with you and so i'm you know like i don't mind leading and everyone else feels uncomfortable so we all feel uncomfortable it's getting better now you know um at first that was really tough but it's getting better but you know I don't know. That's, does that answer your question? I, I'm deeply insecure about it, if, if I'm to be the most honest. Yeah.
0: yeah, it answers my question. And it again, puts this entire conversation still into context that each person has their own relative growth and through line that we're always working on. And there are so many, you know, again, we could revisit all of the hundreds of ways that you are epitomized as like this amazing yoga success story and yet you're still deeply human you know you're shy about your voice and
1: you have no idea I'm sure there's a (laughs) hundred
0: other things about me that we could talk about that make me very very human and fallible but I just think it's it's so interesting because I go through that experience still like I certainly have less nervousness around the sound of my voice or sharing my voice and I've done a lot of work to accept people's praise and and compliment of my music and yet that's still an area literally like in my body that I experience contraction when I want to share Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's just it's the deeper process of the vulnerable things and the places that we feel most at risk um, for, for showing up are sometimes just the most profound. And that's what I see in your school of yoga, that you're offering people a chance to tap into, like, giving other people some other experiences for how they're able to maybe move through those things. So yeah, I, all in all, I, I hope vote. that I hope that at some point in your teacher training or your your program that um, you offer like a mastery of sound course and that it's you <sighs> teaching mantra and teaching Kirtan and having like your own album of like, your creative musical expression because you have a beautiful Whoa. voice. You have such an amazing capacity for connecting to people musically, like whether it's singing or you have an instrument or just I have a specific memory of when we were leading a teacher training together and you just like led the group with some like stomping on the ground chanting and it was so powerful you know like that I feel like is definitely one of your super swords if you were like talking about being a yoga warrior so my personal encouragement to you is keep keep fighting for that and keep showing up for that because it's it's a really potent medicine
1: Oh, thank you. I'm feeling super uncomfortable even just thinking about it, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm crawling out of my skin every moment. You're like, "Just keep going." I'm like, "No." Well,
0: stay. we won't we won't go into any chanting in this episode. We'll save that <laughs> for like maybe next year. We'll come back yeah. to it.
1: <laughs> Somebody requested for my like for my live classes in April. They're like, "Can you can you uh do some chanting?" And I was like, "You mean basically you like sing to a hundred people. <laughs> like, I was like, and nobody like chanting back. So I just like sit here. I'm like, that's the most vulnerable thing you could possibly ask me right now. But I appreciate the the question. I'm probably not emotionally ready yet, <laughs> but at some point
0: yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. That's a that's just it. Like every day is baby steps in, yeah. in a certain direction. Certainly.
1: Yeah. I'll get yeah. there. We yeah. all will. Won't we?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to have been able to just ask you some questions and learn more about, you know, what's been going on for you, where you've been pouring in your energy and, and outpouring of your heart, and to learn so much about your, your school and your teachings. And thank you for the insight that you've been able to share. If I can have anything to offer my listeners who are maybe teachers or students, it's just overarching theme that I, I pick up from you is just to put your heart into something and to stay dedicated to it and to be open to what else arises you know like you said you went from being very in the moment to now learning how to have and create a vision for yourself and I think that's continuing to be the message like do step by step and also be open to the big the big spectrum so to say.
1: <laughs> also in the the chromatic yoga manual right there the step by step approach yeah thank you for having me and i think you put that exactly uh exactly right so whatever you know whatever your vision is and wherever you want to go with your life and um his like you know the message really is life is short and it's an opportunity if you make it one you know and that just means like mm-hmm. every one of us has has something standing in our way from achieving our our highest potential there's not a single person out there that doesn't have it otherwise we would be there already and so when we experience what that obstacle it's just a matter of like buckling up and doing it anyway finding the courage to move through the insecurities the outside forces that stop you the inside forces that stop you just simply like strap up and get it going like get ready and roll and no matter what comes your way just keep rolling if it if it maintains that you really want to you know move forward and this is what your potential is then then go for it
0: i bow to you my friend um oh i I bow
1: to you my friend
0: i will (laughs) um listeners that are here you can find matt's information at the and or is it chromatic yoga do you have a separate website for your training
1: Yeah, we have chromaticyoga.com, the yogi mat with two t's.com, and both have Instagrams, the same handles.
0: Yeah, so people can come and find you live and in person right now, um, as well as all of your other coursework. So definitely go check Matt out. He's a wealth of knowledge and fun. And thank you so much for spending the time with me this morning.
1: Oh, it's been my pleasure, Britta. I love you so much. Thank you for having me on here.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, or leave me a review on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. You can follow me online on Instagram for all sorts of fun information. Or if you're interested in practicing online with me, check out the virtual classes that I'm offering at my website, brittariel.com backslash virtual classes and stay tuned for more here at Rael Talk. Thank you again.